Welcome to the Living and Thriving with a Chronic Illness podcast. You'll be joining Smiling Sonia on her daily morning walk. She shares information and personal insights into her own journey managing flare-ups of her condition, Molloray's meningitis. Good morning, Smiling Sonia here. It's Monday the 26th of October 2020. Today I'm going to be talking about the cost of clutter. And I first thought about the idea over the weekend. I saw a podcast labelled Clutter and Sleep. And I thought, oh, that's interesting because I thought well actually I think it does does affect my sleep this morning I was thinking about it a bit more and did a little bit of research and realized and this has definitely happened with me that there is a massive cost to clutter that I think a lot of us don't realize at the time I have over the last few years because of some changes I've made in my life. And I know that I have gained so much since decluttering has had a positive impact on my, my health, my emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, I'd, I'd even say, my financial um, health as well. So that's what I'm going to be diving into. But before, before I go there, let me just give you a little bit of an update of what's happened. I, I didn't do a recording yesterday. So last week was, a, was quite a stressful week. If I think about it, it was quite stressful. <laughs> One of my staff members sent me an email about something and said um, that I looked stressed. <laughs> um, we had, there was a, I was at a virtual meeting <clears throat> and uh, and I, I have a standing desk, so I was moving around. So I don't know whether she thought because I was moving around, I was stressed. I move around anyway. But but I was. I, I, I was doing that. And I, I spoke to her a bit later and I said, actually, you know, you noticed that. But uh, actually, I... Uh, Things are fine. I, I work things out, and I really enjoy my my work. So, but last week it was, and uh, I did say I was hoping to get some work done and photo- photographs taken. So, was able to postpone the photographs, and that's going to be cancelled completely now because. And I explained that. I was, yeah, I was worried about losing £300. I'd paid a handyman to undertake some work. There were a number of jobs in the house. I wanted that work done before the photographs were taken. He didn't turn up the first day. Had some contact with him. And then he didn't turn up again the next day. I... Text. We've texted. There was a conversation as well, 
And in the end, I said, look, you know, it's not working out. Please return my money. And I, I, I provided, my, provided my bank details. I heard nothing. And there was a, a conversation in my head that was taking place last week. Now, if this had been a few years ago, this the same thing would have happened a few years ago. I would have been very, very, very stressed. <laughs> it was a stressful situation, but I wasn't <clears throat> really stressed by it. I, I, had, I had come to a point where I thought, well, I, even when I was paying the money, I thought, I don't know this person. It's come up recommendation and I could lose this money, but I was willing to take the risk. And I did that by saying I was just going to let it go. And when then we had that problem, the conversation in my head was, it's not the money. It's not the money. Because money in itself, what, you know, having money doesn't do anything. It's what it was going to buy me. And what the loss, really, for me, was that the work wasn't going to be done. You know, so it was that knock-on effect. It was... Actually, I didn't want the money back. <clears throat> I wanted the work done. <laughs> and then, of course, when the work wasn't being done, when I thought the work wasn't going to be done, I did want the money to be able to pay for somebody else. But I had resigned myself. I'd, yeah, I, just, I just thought I could, I could lose this. I don't want to lose this money. But I could, and I felt all right about it. Uh, and I and I and I know that I felt all right about it because I I would think about it and I'd feel, you know, I'm very, I'm very connected to my body these days, and I could feel in my body that I was just very calm about it. On Saturday there was a a knock on the door, the bell the bell rang, and I had a feeling it was him. And I opened the door and he was standing there. I didn't actually recognise him. <laughs> didn't recognise him, but I knew it was him. And he had the cash in his hand and he gave it to me. Crisp notes. And he apologised. And he, he, he muttered that he's not very good with, the, with online banking and stuff was happening. And also he mentioned, because I got his name off an app and when I looked... I actually went back and looked at the app and his, his address was on there and people had recommended him. And I thought, well, you know, last resort, I could put a, a, a bad review, a negative review. But I actually didn't want to do that. I, I actually didn't. And I, I, I thought about when I texted him to say, if I don't get my money back, I'm going to put a bad review. And I thought about it, but I didn't want to do that because... There's, there was a part of me that thought there's, there's something, probably something going on. There's probably a reason why he's not been able to get through to me. And he said, and he also said he's, you know, he's not very good with texting. And I thought, ah. Because part of it was he wasn't communicating with me. But I thanked him. Uh, I thanked him and I just said, you know, I hope things, things are okay. And that was fine. And I... And I had this money, I had this £300 cash in my hands. The thing about money, the way that we do transactions these days, it's all kind of virtual. 
you don't actually see the money. <laughs> you don't see it. It's just numbers. I go into my app because I, I don't go to the bank physically these, physically these days. And I transfer money. But it's, it's not money, is it? I, I tap in a number. And that number is taken away from a total and transferred into somebody else's and it adds to their total. So it's like doing maths. <laughs> it's like when you're doing, you know, writing out a sum and it's just numbers. It doesn't feel like money. But here I had £300 in my hand and I thought, wow, this is money. This is what £300 looks like. This is what it feels like. But then it's not money. Money in the form that we have it, these notes, is just a representation. <laughs> and uh, it's interesting. And uh, this is going to make me move to another part of the room now because so I'm walking down the stairs. <laughs> Usually I'm walking around the woods, walking down the stairs. I've probably finished a conversation in my bedroom now. And I, I want to grab one of the notes. And I'm going to have to walk back up the stairs because I can't read the note without my glasses on. Let's take a couple of these notes. Yeah, so I'm going to walk back up the stairs because... How much time have I got? There's something creaky floorboards. There's something that I want to share because I remember. Okay, so I've got a Bank of England note in my hand. And this one's got the Queen's face on it. And on the back of this one, I don't know who that person is. And I don't know who that person is. <laughs> anyway. And it says, this is what it says. I promise to pay the bearer on demand the sum of £20. I thought this, I thought this was £20 I had in my hand. But it's not, is it? <laughs> yeah? I, did I call them promise? I don't know, promise to us? I don't know. But it's saying that this, that what I have in my hand, I, if I give it to, is it the Bank of, Scot Bank of England? They will pay me the sum of £20. So what, what is it? What is money? <laughs> I'm going to be checking this out. Anyway, so um, that was very positive for the week, weekend. Uh, what it's, what's happened over the weekend as well um, is I spent quite a bit of time working on a, a project for work, a presentation. And yes, it, you, might, you might think, oh, I'm working outside my hours. And yes, I am technically. But it's the project that, for me, is developing my skills <laughs> for me to use outside of work as well. So it's a presentation. I, I have been posting a series 
uh, within my organisation and on social media um, linked to Black History Month, where I've been showcasing black inventors. And I, they, as part of the Black History Month celebrations with my organisation, uh, they're having a sort of a finale <laughs> at the end of the month, and it's, it's a virtual event, and ask for volunteers to do a presentation, three, four-minute presentation. And I kind of put my hand up to it because I was doing this. And what I'm doing really is just sharing the story behind me putting out um, this series. And... It's, it should, it's, the expectation, I think, is to do a live presentation, but my internet connection has been so bad that I have I decided to do a, a video presentation and to do PowerPoint. So I've been practising, <laughs> sort of putting a PowerPoint presentation together, did a little bit of research about the best way to do it. And what was good for me, anyway, is... I, I completed a draft, just audio, um, shared it with some people and got some really useful feedback. I then put some slides together, did my voiceover, again shared it, got some feedback again. And I think what was really good about that was before putting it out, I already felt it was good. So any feedback I got would just make it better. And it wasn't that feedback would make me feel that, oh, it wasn't good. I already felt what, that what I was doing was a good thing. My coach is very good. He says, validate yourself first. <laughs> okay? So I was validating myself in what I was doing and, and what I was, I was wanting to do, what the message I wanted to get across. And then so it was by giving it out for people to come back and say, well, you know, you could tweak this, you could tweak that. It was a great experience. And then I finished it. And I've, I've actually already sent it to myself, to my laptop. So <clears throat> I felt really good about doing that piece of work because it's going to have a positive impact on my side project because I'm wanting to do some, some videos and, uh, you know, some, some challenges that I came across over the weekend I was able to iron out by doing this project. So I really wanted to share that. And... So let me move on to my next subject, the subject, the topic of today, which is the cost of clutter. When I think about clutter, my mum always comes to mind. My mum took early retirement because she was diagnosed with a chronic illness. It affected her mobility and she eventually ended up relying on a wheelchair. So she lived in a, a flat, an apartment, and spent a lot of time there. She didn't get out very much. Really, she relied on me to take her places. And over the years, what I saw happening was her space became more and more cluttered. It became an area of conflict for us because 
in a relatively short period, my mum, from the point at which my parents split up and my mum was living on her own and has her mobility deteriorated, we had to keep moving. She had to keep moving from one property to the next because she was on the first floor and then she had to eventually move somewhere where there were no steps and then somewhere that was warden controlled. So there were several moves and each time, <laughs> each time there was a lot of stuff she'd accumulated. I remember in one, one place we had to get a skip and the skip was filled. And there were points at which she went into hospital. And when I had to go to her home to, to get stuff, collect stuff, it was just so difficult finding things. I think the greatest cost to my mum was people didn't want to visit so much because when you when you she lived in a one bedroom flat and she had piles of boxes and containers <laughs> so she was literally there's a little space where she was in a chair there was a sofa but there was always stuff on the sofa so there was never anywhere to sit my children and grandchildren we'd go over there to see her and it was really difficult it was really difficult and she was very lonely and she would say people don't come and visit and and every now and again i'd have a conversation with her and say look mum you know try and get rid of some of this stuff but she just she just couldn't she was a crafter she did a lot of craft and it was when she passed away and I had to clear her property. And although I have siblings, they live a way away. So it was a job I literally did mostly on my own. It was very hard. <laughs> it was very hard. And it, I made the, the decision then that there's no way that I'm going to live like this. No way I'm going to live with this clutter because it affects so much. And I, there was so much money. I also thought there was so much money in this stuff. I, I had to get rid of most of it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I managed to sell a few little things. There's one thing she said to me before she passed away. She said, no, don't just get rid of my stuff. You need to sell it because it's worth money. But there's so much I just had to, you know dump a lot of it but I took a lot of it into my home and here's the thing even though I had promised myself not to live with clutter I ended up transferring my mum's clutter into my home and it actually took up most of a room okay took up most of a room so Clutter, it cost my mum visitors. Sometimes it got in the way of our relationship. 
because I was thinking, I'm going to have to clear all this up when you go. I was, I was thinking that I'm going to have to clear all this up when you go. And the pain of each time you've had to move, Mum, we've had to clear this stuff. In my home, in my own home, it was cluttered and untidy. And it wasn't just my mum's clutter. And it was interesting when I read the article and listened to an article about sleep and clutter. In the, in the bedroom that I shared with my partner at the time was full of clutter. And my ex-partner collected yeah had these collectibles but there's no way to put them <laughs> so they were sort of piled in one side of the room I'm actually in the room that room this was our bedroom and it was piled and because of just where the bed was it was over my side so when I got into bed <laughs> I would always see this clutter and it affected me I hated, I hated being in a room that was cluttered. And, and the thing about clutter and untidiness and mess is that people have different standards. And you'll, you'll have a couple, don't you? One person who is tidy puts stuff away and another person who steps out of their clothes <coughs> and it's there on the floor. You come back and it's still there. <laughs> okay. And there's, you know, there is a linen basket there is a basket there you can kind of put your clothes in. And I think there's that, that's in a, many, a lot of relationships are like that. And so that was a struggle. And so one of the things that happens, of course, is when you have tons of clutter, you, you do sort of think about, well, actually, I need to put this stuff somewhere. Oh, storage. And I remember buying a, a sort of a, a storage unit sort of thing. It was a bookshelf. It was a sort of one of those IKEA shelving, and I just went out and bought it, built it up in the room, and actually got most of the stuff on there. <clears throat> so it was in still in the, the bedroom, but it was now organised <laughs> on the shelving unit. And my mum's my mum's stuff in her house, in her in her flat, in her room that she lived in, it everything was in storage boxes. And these storage boxes were piled on top of each other. And every now and again, I'd get them. And she'd say, oh, Sonia, I need such and such, but it's in that box over there. And I'd look at this mountain. It was a mountain. It was literally boxes were stacked from floor to ceiling, floor to ceiling. When I had to go through all her stuff after she passed away, there were so many duplicates so many, I can't tell you how many pairs of scissors I found. Because she'd buy stuff and it would get packed away. But of course she couldn't get to it, so she'd buy more of the same thing. So there was all these duplicates of everything. So again, and it's, it's financial, there's a financial cost, isn't there, to clutter. I think the other financial cost, and this is definitely one that I have to put my hand up to, is when it's for paper. My thing is paper clutter. That's 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 the thing. <laughs> paper clutter. Paper clutter is my is my <laughs> yeah Achilles. 
and losing losing bills, renewals. Not so bad these days, but years ago, well, I can't remember where I put down something. And we used to get red letters back then. And then obviously having to um, deal with late fees because I couldn't find uh, a certain document. Couldn't find my son's birth certificate. Found it now, but I couldn't find my son's birth certificate. Even though I'm very good at filing now, couldn't find my son's birth certificate. And so I had to buy a duplicate. (laughs) Time. Oh, my gosh. Now, this, I'm, I'm much better at this. And um, people are constantly losing their keys in the morning. And I would, I would say, put your keys in the same place every day. So what I do is I come in and I hang my keys up because I know that's where they are. Every now and again, now and again, and it does happen every now and again, and that usually something you're interrupted, I put my keys down somewhere and I've got no idea where I put them. Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, what happens is my phone. <laughs> Excuse me, my phone. The number of times I've had, I can't find my phone. <laughs> and the number of times I've, I've, I've come into the house after being out, can't find my phone, go back out and it's still in the car. <laughs> and so I haven't, no, so what I haven't got is I haven't got a place that I've put my phone. Hmm. Maybe that's something I need to consider. <clears throat> so time. We lose so much time because we, we misplace things because we don't have a home for things. Just, I've got a little list here. I, I, I talked about conflict. And there's definitely conflict between my mum and me. Um, but in my relationship, there was conflict around clutter, tidying up. And if I'm honest, I think I put more blame <clears throat> on my ex at the time. But if I look back, if I'm really honest with myself, I was as much to blame. <clears throat> I spent a lot of time tidying up, I did, and doing housework. And so... I I was resentful. I just nearly tripped over my, my weight sand. I was resentful about the amount of housework. And so I was a bit more organised in that respect. But there was a room full of my mum's stuff <laughs> that I didn't sort out. And there was a period, of course, when I was ill, I mean... And I guess almost immediately after my mum passed away was when I, I had that brown meningitis attack. And then for the last several years, I haven't been totally well. So there's an element of actually I've been ill during that time, but I have decluttered now. And I think I was blaming the other person and not really taking my full responsibility for it because even now I have to work at you know 
putting things away. And this week, I, I definitely felt the difference walking around the house and and just stuff being left because we're kind of in the middle of moving things and you know, I had to wait for this area to clear. And this weekend, yesterday actually, I just went round and put away the remnants and walking around the house this morning, <clears throat> it felt so different. And for the last couple of weeks, a few weeks, I've been doing my washing and not not putting it away. I'd got into this really good habit of I did my washing on a Sunday morning, it's all dried, and I'd iron or just hang them up and fold my socks and underwear and put them away, the KonMari method. <laughs> and I'd fallen out of that habit over the last week or so. And I think I, I may have said, you know, waking up when the room is untidy and cluttered, you know, I just don't feel comfortable. And so having sort of cleared the house yesterday, apart from this one room, this is a nice one, house yesterday, when I went into my room and I put my, my dry clothes down, I couldn't settle until I just folded everything up and put it away. And I thought, wow. And so this morning there were some little bits around, just took bits and put them away. And so my room now feels like that sanctuary, that calm space. <clears throat> so it might be helpful, I guess, to, to share some of the things that I did to move from living in a sort of really cluttered, untidy space to a space that I would say now is, 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 is clearer, is clear, is uncluttered. I walk into the kitchen each morning and it's the, the space is clear and, and that's because I've coached my son and he's using the fly lady system and so every, every evening he clears the kitchen and clears the sink. It's fantastic. I watched a ton of um, Maria Kondo videos uh, <clears throat> even bought her book and read, I think one of them might be a library, it was a library book, I can't remember now, read, watched their videos, implemented some of the strategies and one of the, one of the best strategies, <laughs> one of the ones I love is in my kitchen buying containers that go into the cupboards, <laughs> okay. So our containers in cupboards that have things um, folded, the KonMari method. So and, and getting rid of things. I've got rid of so many things. One of the things I did as well was I visualised what I wanted the room to look like. And I started in one area and I'd work in that area and completely com finish it and then move on to the next area. The times when I've been quite tired and fatigued, I've had to reduce the time because we, one thing that happened was, I think my attack in 2018, I did a lot of decluttering that year. So it's the year that my ex moved out and I did a lot. And I now wonder whether I done, did too much, I overdid it. And so since 2018, I've kind of paced myself. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, I think I kind of paced myself. 
<clears throat> so I did visualise the space and I, I, I work in an area and completely finish it. So it's, it's, I'll throw it away. I decide whether I'm going to donate it, whether I'm going to sell it. And I literally take stuff to the dump straight away. So I don't have things hanging around. One of the, something that I did the other day was I actually put the stuff in the car. So I had some stuff to go to the charity shop and stuff to dump. And wherein I would have left it maybe outside the house before and it's there for weeks or in a corner in a room for weeks, I put it in my car. I read something that said, put it in the car. And I put it in the car and I was driving around with it for a while. But what it meant was when I was passing the charity shop, I just stopped and just took it out. <laughs> Because it was in the car. Because what would happen is I'd drive past the charity shop and think, oh, I could have put the stuff in the car. But it's in the car already, so that was really easy. I think there's lots of lots of things. I think I think I it's it's interesting how things go together. And I think I've said this before that when I decided to take control of my finances and stop buying things so I stopped buying things I stopped bringing stuff into the house so I was getting rid of things but I wasn't recluttering is that a word recluttering I wasn't bringing stuff in so getting rid of stuff clearing the house not buying anything to replace okay saving money because I was on uh, an eating plan I was buying less food I was buying different food doing my no spend challenge so I was not wasting food as well so it all goes hand in hand and my as I said I think I think the biggest impact has been my emotional well-being my productivity I don't think if it, if I if it was a few years ago four or five years ago and the project that I worked on over this weekend I wouldn't have been in such a creative space had I been living still in a really cluttered home. And I think that's why I struggled all those years, because that was sapping my, my, my energy. All the clutter and the mess kept on sapping my energy. And I, I know, knew that I was a creative, but there was this battle all the time. I was battling. And now there is so much space around me it, it, it's really how do I describe it it's like I can, I've got the space to create I've the space in my head and my eyes aren't being distracted or disrupted by what's around me hmm. anyway it's that time <laughs> it's a Monday I'm looking forward to, to work today and I do I actually do love Mondays. Surprisingly, I know. But I do love Mondays. I love each day. Okay. So, um, if, if clutters you... If, 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 let's finish this. I think as someone with a chronic illness, and I think I've said this before, when I'm not well, the worst thing is being in an untidy space. Um, 
so in, part of my recovery is about living in a space that's that's clear that there's no clutter I don't have to worry about housework and I think that's the other thing as well since not having so much clutter well since not having any clutter really I do much less housework I, I read somewhere that uh you can you people they did it, the people do 40 percent less housework when they they don't live in a cluttered space I think there's something like that I mean that's massive isn't it massive and I, I hardly do any housework and I'm not wasting hours tidying up all the time it was very quick to declutter actually yesterday because there's just a few things that were out and about but it did look cluttered but it, it took probably about half an hour I think if that anyway <clears throat> something to think about I think and and I think with it with any of these things you just just need to make a start and uh, there's so much out there uh online books and stuff to read you just need to find a strategy that suits you I've, I've just picked up lots of different things everywhere and I've tried them seen what's worked for me but like anything you start it's about sustaining and even I struggle with sustaining okay I'm getting croaky now great speaking with you you take care bye for now